Great show, guys. Sir. There they go. It's only an hour. Jeff Howe, Jordan Scruggs, every weekday from 11 to noon right here on Texas Sports Unfiltered. So we get the background changed. And here we go. It's time for Midday with Trey and BK with y'all until 1 o'clock. Of course, Chip and Zay from 1 to 3. And it is Tuesday, which means Trey and Kevin will have you from 3 to 5 this afternoon. What's going on, brother? Not a lot. How's your day on this beautiful Tuesday? Weather-wise, maybe it's still a hair cool outside, but it's going to get into the upper 60s today, low 70s. This is the time of year why, weather-wise, we live in this great city. Yeah, it's the perfect time to stay inside, isn't it? I mean, 72 degrees year-round inside. I can turn on and off the sun indoors whenever I want. Uh, It really doesn't get much better than this, does it? What is the light behind you right now? I feel like there's a light that is above the Olipop. Oh, that's just the, it's just the light in my studio. Oh, okay. Guest apartment or guest yeah. bedroom in the apartment. It's I just see. a fan light that's got a weird sort of glare today. There we go. Yeah, tilted it up a little bit too much. Well, uh, real quick, BK, I have an update on a story that we talked about on this show and really across the channel a few months back. Everybody remembers my the incident that I had with a girl at a coffee shop whose dog was just laying in the middle of the floor like the coffee shop was her living room. I unfortunately had to say something. Well, I was back at said coffee shop a little bit earlier today meeting with my buddy Brian Hummel, who is about to be a travel partner with Texas Sports Unfiltered in our trip to New Orleans. Uh, Brian is a realtor. You can go to brianhummel.myrealtyonegroup.com to uh, find out more. If you're looking to buy or sell a house, he's with Realty One Group, as the name suggests. We're meeting at uh, this coffee shop to uh, to go over some things and just to uh, to catch up. And in walks the girl who I had to chastise with her giant old dog. And so I'm just sitting here. I don't say anything. I don't do anything, but I'm watching. And she gets told very quickly by the coffee shop employees that she needs to take the dog outside. Oh! And so she's pissed. She turns around. She has a really sour look on her face. She ties this big old dog up on the railing outside the coffee shop, which is what she should have done the first time, and then goes back in. She's having to go back and forth because the dog is, like, barking at people and things, and she's just miserable because she can't have the dog with her in the coffee shop, but good. Despite the fact that you clearly didn't learn your lesson the last time, you are now being treated like a child with the other adults in the room. Did you say something to her? No, I, I gave, she passed by like three times having to deal with her dog. And I gave her eye contact each time just to see if she reacted one way or the other. She may have seen me already and I just didn't recognize it, but she never looked in my direction. So, wow. Congratulations. That's a big accomplishment for you. You uh, officially ruined this girl's life. Way to go. Uh, her, I mean, she, she lived a fragile existence anyhow. If it wasn't going to be me, it was going to be something uh, something else very simple where it's like her not acting in a, a civil, humane way and somebody else has to shit on her parade. Did you get a standing ovation from the other patrons in that coffee shop? Like grateful that uh, you saved the day? I thought about standing up and giving an oration. I didn't want to embarrass Hummel, though, but I thought about orating. <laughs> hey, 
This girl is not able to bring this dog in to lay in the middle of the floor because of me. I want all of your thanks right now, but I decided against it. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure if giving that girl oral in public would have really helped your cause there, but uh, whatever you say, guy. Is oh. that what orating means? Do I have that right? Orating? Yeah, no, you're you're not anywhere close. Although I guess that could be, I guess that could be entendre, double entendre for something like that. Mm, yeah, that's on me. My apologies. Well, well done. That's a great start to your day, and I'll make life a little bit easier for our great listeners and viewers. Uh, just Google Brian Hummel's name, and then you can click the first link, and it will take you to that long website that Trey just told you. Yeah, and the website isn't as long either, but I typed in the website or originally, and I think it's HummelRealtor.com, uh, but it takes it to the advanced website through uh, through the companies he's with, Realty One Group. But yeah, Brian Hummel, H-U-M-M-E-L. Just Google his name. It's Brian with an I, Hummel, and it will take you to his website. Really good dude. He's been in the community for a long time. He's a Texas fan. He's excited about the game in New Orleans here in a couple of weeks. And he's also uh, been a part of uh, of our extended family for a long time now, listening to us back on the radio back in the day, and now with Texas Sports Unfiltered as well. Very good. Shout out to Brian. Excited to have him on board as a travel partner as we get set to make our way to New Orleans in less than two weeks. And uh, another reminder, we will be a part of the Texas One Fun tailgate on January 1st, the day of the Sugar Bowl, in New Orleans at Manning's. Yes, owned by those Mannings. will be a part of uh, the festivities there. It's an all-day party. You can get tickets online at texassugarbowl.party. Yes, .party. Didn't know that was a domain, but apparently it is. texassugarbowl.party to get your tickets. And a portion of every ticket purchased goes to the Texas One Fund, which is obviously our NIL collective at the University of Texas, which, uh, you know, Donates money to make sure we can land all of these players who help us get to college football playoffs, hopefully a number of times in the future. So just like that, TexasSugarBowl.party, that is the website. We'll have more details on the exact time we are going to be broadcasting on the first in New Orleans, but we do know we will be a part of the uh, fun, and it's an all-day party. I think it starts at 10 a.m. on Jan 1. So uh, get your kegs and eggs, get your Bloody Marys as you uh, waltz in there after New Year's Eve and then hang out at Manning's all day long and uh, be a part of the fun with us. All right. DJ, you cannot be the condom sponsor. Some of us are married guys, so we definitely don't need those things. And I'm going to go out on a very sturdy limb and say that uh, if BK and Kevin decide to uh, make some things happen in New Orleans, they're uh, they're going to be as irresponsible as possible with that. And so they are, are not going to take the necessary steps to protect themselves from the venereal disease that lurks in the Big Easy. Mm, yeah, I'll be smart in New Orleans. I got to be a little safer in that city than I do here in Austin, I think. Also, I, my, my biggest fear in New Orleans, and thankfully, I've had some great success, in the words of Borat, when it comes to uh, courting women in New Orleans. Huh. Um, yeah, oh my God. And uh, I, I have not come across my biggest New Orleans fear in any instance where I have made a play in that city. And there are a few cities in this world where I am worried until the moment the pants come off that there's going to be an uninvited guest that I don't want to see down there. Oh, like, like, uh, like a trouser snake? Yeah, like a trouser snake. Yep. It's a great way to describe it. Like, 
that city, Vegas, there are just a few places where it's like, yeah, I feel pretty good. I don't see, I don't see anything here that could cause some problems. But I just until that moment where we get to the bedroom and things start happening, I'm a little weary that uh there might be something that I don't want to see below the belt, if you know what I'm talking about. I didn't realize you were anti-trans like that, but okay. Now, now everybody knows. I'm team trans. Are you? Because uh, it sounds like you're team anti-trans. Well, I'm team anti-hooking up with trans. <laughs> I'm in favor of the trans movement. I like transgenders. I like trans-Siberian orchestra. I like transit. Public transit's cool, too. All, all the trans things. Pontiac Trans Am. Not a great car, but I'm fine with it. Transmissions. I'm cool with that. Transmissions. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out what the transmission is. Maybe you can help me. Maybe somebody in New Orleans can help me figure out what they're trying to do. Isn't it an R. Kelly song? Ooh, it might be. Or is that Ignition? I think that's Ignition. Never mind. Oh, yeah, that is, yeah, that is the remix to Ignition. The remix to uh, Transmission, I believe, is Bruce Jenner. <laughs> believe that is what you were looking for there um well done yeah thank you very much yeah i don't know what the transmission is but uh i gotta ask a couple of car guys to see if they can help with that deal i i understand your uh your heightened concerns there because you'd like to think that you're doing your due diligence to avoid something like that and shame on that person for letting things get that far if it does but they're also playing a little bit of a game too right to see how far they push things and uh, see if they can complete the deal even after certain reveals are made. Yeah. Like I, I assume they're hopeful that they've done enough to court you to get you back to their place or to get invited back to your place to where they're like, ah, this is no big deal. This is just a minor thing I've got to overcome. I'm, I'm still cool with this. Like maybe that's part of it. Like oh, they hope that you know, the other person won't react or they won't care when uh, the big reveal Big reveal happens. Seems a little bit deceptive to me, but uh, to each their own, I guess. Yeah, it's very deceptive, but, you know, uh, let ye who cast the first stone uh, call the pot black or kettle black. I don't know. What is the... I'm combining like three different expressions there, I think. Who was it that said that back in the day? James Madison? Um... Yeah, I thought it was James Monroe, but we'll go with Madison. I don't, I don't have another guess here. John Quincy, right. perhaps. JQA, underrated, man. The guy, the guy had some bars back in the day. I'm talking Xanax. All right, what a start to today's show. Was that recruiting talk? No, this is recruiting talk. So a lot has happened with Texas football over the last 24 hours. Uh, Andrew McCuba committed to Texas while we were on the air yesterday. So yep. I know we talked about that, the Clemson safety who's coming here via the transfer portal, obviously played his high school football at LBJ. So a central Texas kid who is coming back home, super excited about that. Uh, if you missed our conversation about Makuba, check out yesterday's podcast in the Texas sports unfiltered app or Spotify or Apple, but two more commitments went down yesterday after we got off the air and, uh, well, the first one was a big one. It was a flip. Mary flip, Miss Trey. Uh, Texas got a flip from five-star safety Xavier Filsame, who was committed to Florida for a long, long time, but ultimately decided to flip. And now he has committed to the University of Texas. 
Uh, this has been one of the worst kept secrets in recruiting over the last few weeks. Uh, Florida was awful this year. They went five and seven. They fired their DBs coach. Meanwhile, Texas obviously is playing in the college football playoff, and this program is going in the exact opposite direction as Florida's, and the Longhorns have stayed on Filsimi for a long, long time. And uh, finally, they are able to get the actual commitment yesterday. So another defensive back, Trey. It's clear that this coaching staff, both via the transfer portal and in recruiting, have made it a point of emphasis to uh, shore up the secondary. And Texas did that yesterday, getting two commits, one on the portal and one who's going to be an early enrollee as a part of this class of 2024. Huge credit to them for not wasting time and acting fast and filling that position or those positions with the guys that they want the most. And by the way, part of that process, too, is probably them having hard conversations with safeties that we've just seen leave the program and say, look, your path to playing, even though this is an area of concern and an area that we're addressing right now, you've got a, a serious uphill battle. So you can stay here if you want to, or you can try and find playing time a little bit more immediately someplace else. And I, I think with things like that, it just lets other guys who are considering considering Texas know that the competition is there. And, and by the same token, they're making sure that it is top flight competition too. that iron sharpens iron situation to go along with guys who are going to be back next year. Derek Williams, Michael Taft. Still not totally sure what Jaron Thompson's deal is. I've heard both ways. One, that he's going to transfer someplace else to play next season, but also that he may very well be back. Look, Jaron Thompson, as much of a struggle as this year has been for him, has been better over the last couple of games now. We've seen him kind of revert to 2022 form, so maybe he's a part of that equation as well. Uh, Even though we still have a game in front of us, and unfortunately, neither of these guys can play here in a couple of weeks the future is very bright at safety for the longhorns it really is it really really is and blake gideon has uh, received a lot of flack from texas fans and i've been critical of him at times for some of the struggles the safety position has had at texas but uh, you give him credit for uh, closing in on these recruitments getting makuba back here and obviously getting phil Sami to flip uh, there's a lot of on paper talent in that safety room moving forward Now, the development's got to be there. Uh, You haven't seen development at safety like you've seen at other positions, right? Think about the defensive line with what Bo Davis has done with those dudes. Like, Tavondre Sweat was a three-star recruit. Let's not forget that. Guy just won the Outland Trophy. He's been the most dominant interior D-lineman in the sport this season. You're seeing development at wide receiver. You're seeing development at running back. Look at all of those guys. Even without Jonathan Brooks, the run game has been good. You're seeing development at quarterback. Quinn Ewers is getting better. Uh, seemingly by the week nowadays. You haven't quite seen that elite-level development at safety, but hopefully, Trey, now that the personnel is very close to elite level, at least on paper, you start to see more of that position kind of catch up to uh, the rest of the positions on this team starting in 2024. And maybe it's been a little bit more of a mixed bag in terms of the development than we're giving it credit for because it's been such a brutal year for that position this season because last year – Anthony Cook was a very productive player at safety. And Jaron Thompson looked like things were coming along for him as well, but he takes a big step back. And some other guys just haven't gotten there just yet. Sometimes it's more on the individual than it is the coaches. Obviously, Derek Williams and what he's been able to do this year is a huge boost. And Michael Taff, you know, he's limited athletically, but he's uh, he's played a very productive brand of football too, where it seems like he's given more positive than negative to this football team. And it is all relative compared to pretty much every one of his other safety mates. He is clearly one of the best options to be out there right now. Yeah. And talking about the future of this Texas secondary, you just ran down a bunch of the names. The only guy who 
has to leave, or at least the only guy we know who for sure is leaving is Jalen Catalan. Like everybody else could come back. Now, I think John A. Barron is off to the NFL after this year. I think Ryan Watts is probably off to the NFL after this year. But those guys could come back if they wanted to. And then, yeah, you talk about all of the additions that Texas is bringing in. I think they've got three corners already as a part of this recruiting class. Uh, we talked about Kobe Black, who could be either a fourth corner or a safety in this class, plus Xavier Filsame, plus Andrew Makuba. And then, yeah, Terrence Brooks, Manny Muhammad, Gavin Holmes, Jalen Gilbo, Jelani McDonald, Derek Williams, Michael Taft. Like, all of a sudden, yeah, look, I, you're not going to confuse these guys with Nathan Vasher and Aaron Ross and Rod Babers and guys like that anytime soon but you're starting to get that type of talent and that type of depth which is huge in any year of college football but especially when you're making the jump to the sec which is uh you know more open and has more great quarterbacks than ever before you gotta have dudes on the back end who can cover and it feels like texas is going to have dudes on the back end who can do just that it does seem that way. I think the next area that we see these coaches really boost on the defensive side of the ball is going to be linebacker. I mean, you felt good uh, about the top three to four guys, uh, depending on the game that you have at linebacker. And uh, obviously you get Anthony Hill back. David Bend is going to be back next year. I'm not sure what Maurice Blackwell's status is, but uh, he may be back. And you have some freshmen waiting in the wings too. But I think that is the next position we see them put a really heavy emphasis in making sure that it gets as healthy as possible because we uh, we're seeing those steps being taken with roster management with that secondary to the point you just made. Yeah. Jeff uh, joined Bucky and I this morning just for a 2025 minute interview. And Jeff brought up an interesting point about some of the decisions these current Texas players have to make mm -hmm. after the year is done, hopefully after playing in a national championship on January 8th, like does the result of Texas's season impact the decisions these guys make about their futures. Like for some of these borderline guys, like if Texas wins at all, do they just say, oh, I'm on my national championship in college. Now I'm going to go pro. Like, does that impact their decision? Or if Texas loses to Washington, are they like, damn, we got so close. I know we're good enough to compete for a national championship. I want to come back and see if I can see this thing through and also help bolster my draft stock too. But yeah, Jeff was wondering like, ah, if Texas wins it all, maybe you see more guys leave and try their hand at the NFL because they've accomplished that major goal of winning a college national title. That is an interesting point that I hadn't thought about. That would be, uh, I guess, a good problem to have if, yeah. uh, if that's what you accomplish. Yeah, he brought up David Benda as one of those dudes. And I'm like, my mind hadn't even gotten close to thinking that David Benda could be leaving. And Jeff's like, if I had to guess right now. He's going to play in the spring league or something? He's not an NFL player. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know if he'd get drafted. If he did, it'd be sixth or seventh round. And to me, it'd be worth coming back and trying to get developed for another year to see if you could play your way into being a day two pick. But I'm sure there are other good examples of of guys like that to where, you know, they're borderline. Maybe Alfred Collins is one of those dudes. Look, if Texas ends up winning a national championship, BK, I may actually make the decision to go pro too. So I, I guess I do understand where those guys are coming from. Go pro in what? Uh, make myself eligible for the NFL draft. Oh, okay. With David Benda. Okay. You think you've got a better chance than David Benda? it's not a better chance, but I think our chances are actually much closer than they should be considering that he currently plays college football and I don't. Mm. What is the process like for 
you or me to enter the NFL draft. Is that, can anybody do that? I think there is an application you fill out. And at that point, you are qualified to enter the NFL draft, assuming that you're of age. Is that an Indeed vehicle or LinkedIn? Where do I go to find that application? I think it's monster.com. Is that site still in existence? I don't know. I'll ask Jeeves and see what he's got to say. Maybe it's an Upwork bit. Upwork? Yeah. Oh, you not heard of Upwork? It's pretty much all contract labor. Oh, boy. Mm. When I was boiling through the uh, the days of outright unemployment, there were some, some conversations had through Upwork where it's like, holy fuck, this is like <laughs> Craigslist hookups of job sites. It's mm. just completely disheveled. The types of characters that you run into is just, Concerning to say the least. So there are no hookups on that side. It's just looking for jobs. I'm sure there probably are. You just have to have the right job qualifications. Okay. Yeah, and you're going to get paid hourly. Good with his hands. Solid and wet work. Uh, good with machinery. Good orator. Good orator. Yes. We learned what that meant earlier today. Or we didn't. I'm actually still not sure what it means. I don't know. All right. So that's one great piece of news for texas once again there were three commits yesterday the longhorns also picked up a commitment for the class of 2025 so of course signing day one is tomorrow that's for the class of 2024 and as it stands right now texas does have a top five class according to the composite rankings and uh, maybe there's another name or two who could be announcing that they are committed to the university of texas we'll uh, obviously keep you posted on that but as it stands right now another top five class for steve sarkeesian and company for 2024. And then Texas picked up its second commit for the class of 2025. They already have a quarterback in KJ Lacey committed for next year. Now they've got a tight end in Amari Winston, a four-star from the state of Georgia. He announced yesterday that he is committing to Texas, had offers from a number of different schools across the country. I think Ohio State was one of the finalists. Uh, UCF was one of the reported finalists as well. But uh, Texas getting a Georgia kid to commit to texas obviously a long way to go but trey you and i were talking before the show sort of feels like a, when it rains it pours type of deal in a good way for texas a ton of momentum on the recruiting trail right now yeah and that's a good time to have that because let's be honest there aren't a whole lot of question marks at this point for high school recruiting bk it is just about having those guys sign their name coming up starting tomorrow morning but the transfer portal is a slightly different beast and Things are more challenging for a team that is also having to prepare for a college football playoff semifinal matchup. And we gave Sark and his staff a ton of credit yesterday, and I'll continue to do so. The fact that they're able to land quite possibly their two top targets in the transfer portal at huge positions of need for next season with the receivers who are likely leaving and just what safety position has been and what do you want to turn it into it's enormous, and yeah, when it rains, it pours, including a uh, class of 2025 guy deciding to sign up at a position coached by a guy who, by all accounts, is one of the top recruiters on the staff, but he hasn't had a ton of success recruiting his tight ends position, but Jeff Banks gets a major coup here with the four-star Winston. Yeah, 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 and speaking of tight ends, you know, there's... Uh... Some thought that maybe Jatavion Sanders could be coming back next year 
and he might be another one of those national championship guys, right? Like if Texas wins it all and Sanders plays really well in these two playoff games, then Sanders could be like, I'm gone. Maybe he's already gone because Mel Kuyper Jr. has him as his number two tight end behind only Brock Powers in this year's draft class. So maybe that's enough. I mean, JT Sanders, I think, would be a day two pick at this point. But it, it, you're starting to hear, and I don't know how much of this I believe because I feel like most guys, when they've got the chance to be a first or second round pick in the NFL, they're going to go off and, and uh, take that chance as soon as they can. But maybe, uh, maybe JT Sanders comes back for another year, which obviously helps Jeff Banks' tight end room. That would be awesome, but I'm also not banking on it. No pun intended there. Nice. By the way, CB asks if I'm going to be at the TSU Combine. Has there been talk of a TSU Combine? No, I guess there is now. Okay, let's go. We're doing a Texas Sports Unfiltered Combine? Yeah, you're going to have to run the 40. You're going to have to see how many times you can bench press 225, which may kill a few people. Um, hmm, what else are we going to be doing? The broad jump? Can we do the uh, NBA bench press? What is it, 165? Is that the one that Kevin Durant got up like once or twice? Zero times. Oof. And then there were people who were like, we're not drafting Kevin Durant. He can't bench 165. Yeah, good move. Portland, you dumbasses. Like he's not an offensive lineman, you dipshits. He's a basketball player. Yeah, I think it's worked out pretty well for Durantula. That's still pretty fucking weak, though. Yeah. Not to get yeah, 165 yeah. once. Like, if you couldn't get 165 once, now you're not Kevin Durant, obviously, as a basketball player. You'd be made fun of mercilessly. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I could get 165 right now. Come on. In my lifting prime, for sure. But okay. right now, I'm sore do after doing a bunch of push-ups and bodyweight exercises last night. How many push-ups could you do in one set? Uh, you asked me this a couple weeks ago. I, I mean, I can do 50 nonstop. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can yeah. do one. You, 165 is not a problem for you. It would be an issue for Bucky because Bucky can't even do a single push-up because his shoulder's all fucked up. Dude, Bucky fell last night just walking in his driveway. Did you hear this? The guy's walking <sighs> no. around at like 1.30 in the morning because he thought his dog was crying, so he goes outside and he just he eats shit. Is he okay? Yeah, he's okay. He got up. He said when he fell, his dogs thought... He wanted to play, so his dogs, like, started mauling him. Those are some huge average Pyrenees that he has. He didn't so he forget liked... his gender when he fell, did he? <laughs> I don't think he did this time. Okay. Yeah, he's in on the trans movement, we've learned. That's a guy who shows his support, for sure. He even had their condition at one point. Yeah. All right, so there you go. I don't know how we got there at all. Oh, TSU Combine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who'd finish first in that. You'd, you'd win a lot of the events, but I do know Bucky would finish last in, in that deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that goes without saying. All right. Uh, some uh, shout-outs to some sponsors as I lose my grasp on the English language momentarily. Uh, I want to give some love to Olipop. I've got the hat on today. I need to go to the store. I think I am going to the store right after our show to pick up some more Olipop. Love this stuff. Great tasting soda. That's actually good for you. Uh, nine grams of fiber in every can. Only two to five grams of sugar in every can. And you're getting digestive health benefits whenever you drink Olipop. So this stuff tastes great. Tastes just like the soda that you grew up sipping. But it's also good for your system. 
as well. So you can feel good about what you're putting into your system. Make that happen with Olipop. It's available wherever you buy your groceries, H-E-B, Randall's, Target, Walmart, Costco, Whole Foods, wherever. They've got it. It is Olipop. Shout out to them. And shout out to Covert Bee Cave as well. Was uh, just texting with Stacy over at Covert Bee Cave, and they are hooking us up with another vehicle for our road trip to the Big Easy. Yeah, that's right. Covert Bee Cave. Love working with those folks. If you're in the market for a new or pre-owned car, truck, or SUV, look no further than Covert Bee Cave. They treat us like family. They're going to treat you like family. And they've been doing that for over 100 years. They've been around since 1909 here in the Austin area. The Covert Auto Group has been taking care of people and selling cars better than anybody else in their new dealership, Covert Bee Cave. You've probably seen commercials all over your TV if you still have cable. I, I see Dan and Hayden and Mike and the whole team all over the place right now. It's extraordinary what they're doing there. The selection is amazing. The prices are second to none, and the service is top-notch. CovertBeeCave.com is the website. We'll go check them out out there off of 71. Nobody beats that covert deal. Not now, not ever. All right, Trey, how about uh, this news as we continue our college football conversation today? Nebraska just flipped the number one quarterback in the country for this recruiting class of 2024. Dylan Rayola is the name, and if that last name sounds familiar, his dad was Dominic Rayola, who was an offensive lineman in the league for a long time and a pretty good one to boot. Uh, Dylan Rayola, the number one QB, and he has been the number one QB in this class for years now. He was originally committed to the Ohio State University, decommitted a few months ago, then committed to Georgia, and he's been committed to Kirby Smart for months, and then yesterday made it official that he is decommitting from Georgia and now is going to commit to Nebraska. He's from Georgia, but his dad, Dominic, played at Nebraska, so you do have some uh, family ties there. I'm sure you also have a pretty huge bag uh, coming Rayola's way, too, to get him to go to Nebraska, but how about that, Trey? Like, Look, I, I don't like Nebraska at all. I love beating Nebraska, and we did that in volleyball the other day. Shout out again to the Texas volleyball team. Uh, but, like, I, I firmly believe that college football is better when those blue blood type of programs are very good. And Nebraska hasn't been shit for a long, long time. Maybe this helps them kind of figure some things out there with Matt Rule. They get a big-time QB to commit there and what a weird world in college football where a guy who was committed to Georgia changed his mind to go play for Nebraska. Well, what is it that Matt rule said just a couple of uh, weeks ago, BK that to land a top fight flight quarterback. Now he was talking transfer portal, but let's assume that this carries over to high school recruiting as well. You got to have one and a half to $2 million as a starting point. So I guess Nebraska has shown a willingness to pony up for a guy who is one of the top handful of recruits in this entire country. Now, this would have been a pretty big loss for Matt Rule if he couldn't get a Nebraska legacy, whose dad obviously did the things that he did in Lincoln to come to school at Nebraska. But ultimately, it made it happen, and it's going to make his job much easier going forward if he is uh, able to turn Rayola into what everybody thinks he's going to be. And that is a uh, bona fide star at the college level who will likely be a first-round draft pick before it's all said and done in the NFL, too. Yeah, yeah, Rayola, once again, number one QB in the country, the number two player, 
according to the 24-7 rankings. I'm looking at the composite rankings right now, and Rayola is the sixth-rated player overall in this year's recruiting class. So, yeah, if he, uh, if he fits up to the billing, then uh, he's going to be really, really good, and Nebraska might actually have something with Matt Rule. Um, how crazy is this, by the way, real quick, uh, not to cut you off, but according to Rivals, the top 10 players in the country are all committed to play at a different school. So you have Jeremiah Smith. He's a wide receiver, committed to Ohio State. Rayola's at Nebraska. A defensive end who is going to Missouri. Bama gets a quarterback, Julian Sayan. Cam Coleman's a wide receiver going to Auburn. Micah Hudson, Texas kid, going to Texas Tech. David Stone's a defensive tackle going to Oklahoma. Ellis Robinson, Georgia kid. Colin Simmons, of course, going to Texas. And then Justin Scott, another defensive tackle, going to Miami. So NIL has really has uh, leveled the playing field and meant that uh, the top two or three programs aren't all landing the top flight guys, which is good for the parity of the sport and allowing uh, certain teams uh, into the recruiting competition and maybe eventually competitions for uh conference championships and maybe even college football playoff spots down the road too that's a great point yeah i mean we talked about nil being a separator of the best and the mid-level programs but uh look a lot of schools have money and a lot of schools have big time fan bases and big time donor bases who are willing to spend to help their teams compete and yeah you're right nebraska doesn't get dylan rayola to flip unless nil exists right so you are seeing a uh, sort of leveling of the playing field not with all 130 teams in FBS college football. No, no one's naive enough to say something like that. But, uh, yeah, you are seeing more of these kids commit to uh, other schools instead of just going with the Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, LSU. Like it felt like we saw year in and year out for, I don't know, a decade, a decade and a half. So that's interesting. Now, I get weary, Trey, of people who commit and decommit and flip a whole lot throughout the recruitment process. Like it feels like more often than not guys who do that, who make their recruitment like a whole theatrical play don't pan out. Here is uh this might be impossible to read. So I'm, I'm just going to read this. This is the um, tweet from Dylan Rayola yesterday when he announced that he is going to Nebraska the caption of the tweet reads, go big red. That's pretty simple. But then you've got this graphic, this like prepared statement that accompanied the tweet from Rayola. And let me know what you think of this. Okay. Quote, in the realm of college dreams where purpose takes flight, enter Dylan Rayola, crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightly beamed. In the scarlet and cream where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rogier, and Crouch, a hero, in the line. No longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with an even grander ambition unseen. So fellow fans await with hope in the air for Dylan to choose his purpose to declare and a weekend's decision destiny calls to fulfill his purpose where a new dynasty enthralls. End quote. A poem, a chat GPT written poem for Dylan Rayola to announce his commitment. What do you think of that? Did chat, did chat GPT really write that poem for him? No, but it sounds like it. Mm, maybe, maybe he's just, because if that was him writing that, that was really good. 
probably going to get buried for that, but that was well done. It's not my style necessarily, but I recognize talent. And assuming he didn't turn to chat GPT to write a poem for him, because that would be a different analysis of this. I, kudos to him for finding a unique way to announce this latest commitment. This guy's going to flame out, dude. I see what's there. Flame out. What did I do there? Uh, you just said flame out. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you saw that. I mean, it was pretty clear and obvious what I said. So thank you for letting me know that you heard what I did there. You aren't, uh, you aren't trapping me, Ricky Bobby. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Flame out. You know what that expression means, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Just, okay. just okay. Keep, keep doing it. Keep doing just, it. <laughs> just making sure. Uh, hey, they want you to be more like John Elway, not John Keats, guy. Quit the poetry bullshit and go play quarterback, dude. Might as well have just written a poem saying, I'm not as good as Carson Beck. I wasn't going to play at Georgia, so I went to Nebraska instead, and they gave me a huge bag to go there. Why don't you put that in your statement? Be like a man instead of a poet. Guy? Or a flame out, right? Or, uh, yeah, well, he might flame out. I don't know. What is a flame out? Is that a noun? I don't know. Isn't that part of what you're worried about in uh, New Orleans? Here in a couple of years? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about there. So <laughs> what a world we live in. Yeah, Rayola, big time, man. Once again, I'm I'm not like rooting for Nebraska, but I do think college football is better when teams like Nebraska, obviously Texas is in this mix too, a little more biased for the Longhorns than I am for the Cornhuskers, but programs like that, hell, I, I want Florida to be good again. I can think the sport's better when they're good. I want Tennessee to be good. Although the last couple of years, they've they've kind of been good. They've kind of found it again. I like that Michigan is relevant, even though I hope Texas gets to beat the crap out of them on January 8th. I just It's better for the sport when the, uh, the big brands are performing well. So Nebraska's got some work to do. It's going to take more than just one quarterback because they've been down in the dumps for a long time. Uh, but maybe this is the start of Nebraska actually becoming halfway relevant again because it's it's been a long, long time since they have been. Probably an unpopular take here, but fuck Nebraska. I hope they stay bad. I, no I, I think Nebraska for me at this point. I, you know what? You're you're right. College football probably is a little bit better if a former blue blood returns to prominence. But I have uh, no concern for Nebraska. So if they stay shitty, well, good. You guys got your successes in the 1990s and early 2000s, and now you get to be second best in volleyball. Hmm. Second best in volleyball. But, hey, they at least develop their program. They at least develop their players, and they do it the right way. Exactly. So enjoy they, second they, place. They very right big their transfers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They do the exact same thing that we do, except we're better than them, but uh, they're doing it right, and we're doing it wrong. Here, here, Ricardo. Fuck Nebraska. They yeah, shouldn't no. suck it. I think I'm in the minority, like at least for Texas fans. I'm sure like there are a lot of college football fans around the country who are like, oh, I agree with BK on that stance, but I think most Texas fans are on your side. Like, tell with Nebraska. Why do we care about Nebraska? Screw them and their fans. I would maybe want to see them be better if we were going to play them regularly just because it would be fun to beat them repeatedly again. Yeah. But we're very rarely going to play them, if at all. So, yeah, good riddance. And yeah, one more time for the Nebraska volleyball coach. Shut up, bitch! Had to, had to throw that one back at him. All right, before we get to where are we at in society today, how about a word from our man Tom McKay in audio, visual, 
Consultations. Hi, this is Tom McKay, owner of Audiovisual Consultations, and all of us at Audiovisual would like to wish you and your family a happy holiday season. This time of year can get a little hectic, so we want to remind you to relax, enjoy the season with your family and friends, and give us a call for all your home entertainment needs. If you save the time you spend in traffic and big store crowds, you'd have more time with the people you actually enjoy. So smile, hug your kids, make love to your wife, and cheer the game with your friends. Call us at 255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 or online at AV Consultations. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Tom. Shout out to AV Consultations for hooking both of us up and hooking up thousands of Central Texans over the last three and a half decades. They can take care of you as well. 512-255-8678. Also, shout out to Oldstad Beer. Trey, I've uh, made the declaration that I will be drinking during Friday's program. So, uh, you know, last show before Christmas. Why not have a couple of cold ones on the air? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's go. You're welcome to as well. You're always welcome to. I don't care. Do what you want. We're I may, Yeah, I'll, I'll partake in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Yeah, I'll be starting at eight with Bucky. Oh, are you? Yeah. Okay. And we'll just be uh, sipping on some old stats all throughout the course of the day, and we'll see if I can make it out Friday night. Or I might be passed out by four o'clock. I'm not sure. Friday... Fun day. That's not it. Friday high day. Yeah, I like both of those, but I I don't think those are real expressions. Friday like high day is. It's Friday high day is a thing. Yeah, Sunday fun day, and then Saturday Saturday. Does that just mean you get to eat a lot? Yeah. Okay, I've heard Saturdays are for the boys. I've not heard f- Saturdays are for the fats. Every day, with that one. Every day is for the fats, my friend. In this country, you're damn right. You are damn right. All that beer, the best beer, though. That's what I'll be drinking because my fridge is stocked with it. I don't have to go to the store. I've got like unlimited Allstat all the time because uh, that's all that I drink. And if you haven't tried it yet, you're missing out. Seriously, one sip and you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. Perfect stocking stuffer for the beer drinkers in your life perfect thing to bring to the holiday parties if you've got some more coming up this weekend uh it's the best there is all stat beer no impurities no regrets and trey i'm gonna go live or recorded for best wranglers today let's go recorded with our friend steven pest wranglers pest wranglers pest wranglers pest wranglers what are you doing i'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name but we're not like other companies anyone could see that from our five-star reviews but how will people remember pest wranglers well once they try us they'll never forget that we are the most effective reliable and affordable pest control company i guess you're right pest wranglers is the best at pest control wildlife management termite pest control wranglers, pest wranglers pest wranglers what are you doing hey it kind of hurt pest wranglers 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com where are we at in society today? That's right. It is your daily look at stories that show we as a people are headed in the wrong direction. Very occasionally, I will bring you a story that provides a sense of optimism that has us all saying to ourselves, hey, maybe we as a people are starting to figure something out. And today, well, it might be that day, BK, because I gave you a choose your own adventure yesterday between the Helen Keller conspiracy, which is what we ultimately talked about. And the woke language pendulum swinging in the other direction. So we'll talk about that. By the way, before we get to that, I was thinking about this with Friday high day, Saturday fatter day, Sunday fun day. What represents the other days of the week? Like, I feel like booze day Tuesday is a good one. 
Great one. Uh, headless day, wedness day. But what are we going to do for Monday and Thursday? What was that Wednesday one again? Headless day, wedness day. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know what to ask there, so I'm going to move on. We're so looking or for how about Sins Day Wednesday, you know? Okay, yeah, that that's how you actually pronounce the word, so we'll go with that one. Seems like it's pronounced wed or it's spelled Wednesday. It is spelled Wednesday, so maybe you're on to something there. I am the foremost authority on all things pronunciation, so I will uh, do some research and get back to you on that as soon as possible. Um, is it, SD, Monday, is it Mo- Funday Monday? Like, do we just continue Sunday Funday with Monday Funday? What about SD's suggestion here? Anal Monday? No, <laughs> that doesn't rhyme. <laughs> uh, is going Bunday, Monday Bunday? Like man bun or something? Uh, or, or like buns. Oh, those kind of buns. What about Monday Dunday? Like, I'm done. Monday sucks. I give up. I like let's, that. Let's drink. So now all we have left is Thursday. Thursday. Thirsty Thursday. It doesn't rhyme, but that's something that people say. Got to be a rhyme. Okay. Thursday. Hers, burr. Thursday, she, hers day. Make sure we are, are getting pronouns in there. Thursday, hers day. It can be all about your significant other. Oh, that's We give them enough. <laughs> No, I, I guess you didn't say women. You just said significant other. But if you know, what if you're a her or a he or a him, and your significant other is not a her? Then what do you do? I'm trying to go through the alphabet: Thursday, 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 Thursday. Not going well for you. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, you're you're just kind of fucked on Thursday. Thursday is Thursday, I guess. Yeah, she hers day. Worst day. Thursday, worst day. Worst. Oh, yeah. You can eat a sausage on Thursday. There you go. All right. Well, that that also is paying love to your significant other, I guess. Yes, it is. So I have to take it back to a conversation that was had at that now infamous Texas Sports Unfiltered Luncheon over the weekend, DK, because this conversation actually started with the Helen Keller conspiracy, and it turned into me on a different side of the table talking about how the idea that really got going a few years ago, the whole woke movement, and how language is being canceled as a result, we've seen that swing in the exact opposite direction now to the point that words that were completely out of fashion three or four years ago, descriptors of people, if you you will, that were very popular in the 90s and 2000s, early 2000s, mid to late 2000s too probably, are beginning to get used by kids again. And those words... Just saying the words here. I'm not calling anybody the words. <clears throat> Hold on. Can I take a 20 real quick? Take a 20. Before you give out those words. Is this research that you've done? Or is this your kids are using these words right now? So you think that they are making a comeback? No. It's a fair question. Research through my kids about the meanings of words and how those words are get used, getting used in school while also cross-checking that with a teacher who was at the lunch on Saturday. 
Okay. But the All small right. sample size, it's a bit anecdotal, but anecdote can help you understand where things are. But I've seen this tr- trend in general, and I've talked about it with you and Kevin, I think on the air, but definitely off the air with both you guys, how this is starting to go in the other direction now. And okay. the words are to call somebody or something gay and retarded. Now, you can argue you can argue one way or the other about those words if you'd like to. I'm not making that argument one way or the other, other than to say these are words that were very commonplace when I was a kid in the late 80s into the 90s. That remained the case for you, correct, in your childhood. Those mm-hmm. words were really used like in elementary school, yes, uh, let's say, by kids towards other kids, like calling somebody or something, either of those two words, right? But that's yeah. really- Finished over the last like 10 plus years, right? Not as common, not as accepted, let's say. I don't think the R word, and I'm still scared to say that, and I won't say that. I don't think that word was like ever accepted to say when I was growing up, but I definitely remember my friends and I, I won't uh, disassociate myself with this, calling people or things gay in like a non-homosexual manner, just kind of a derogatory type of way. So that was like, that for me growing up, I guess was more accepted. Not that teachers really enjoyed that or parents probably enjoyed us saying that, but like I remember using that word way more than I ever used the R word growing up. Like saying you're gay or that's gay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I see, I see what you're saying there. And like, even as a kid, that was not a word that I used a ton. I'm probably guilty of the uh, the the word retarded a little bit more, but I don't usually attribute it to other humans. I'll sometimes, well, other than myself, I'll sometimes call myself that. My dog, almost certainly a special needs for a dog, so I guess that's not a great look, but I'll just say things are that, right? Huh. But... I, so I asked my kids about this last week because the word came up, the word gay came up and Calvin's like, I know what that means. And I'm like, oh, what does that mean? And he kind of paused for a second and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> and so then Vivian's like, it either means that you like somebody who is the same sex as you or sometimes kids use it to call other kids stupid, essentially. You're saying, wow, dumb. Wow. Wait, you're, you hear kids in your class say that? And she's like, yeah. And then my son chimes in. He's like, and I hadn't said anything about whether I was just like, oh, wow. So like kids in your class say that. And Calvin's like, yeah, somebody in my class says it all the time. I'm like, oh yeah. Which kid is this? And he said, it's Shipley. And I said, oh, Shipley, the kid who's you're kind of friends with, but it's kind of a, a blowhard too. He's the fat kid in class. And well, he's like, like yeah. he's named after a donut shop, so it checks out. <laughs> His last name is Duncan. Um, <laughs> Shipley Duncan. But uh, yeah, he says Shipley. He's like, he he calls me that all the time. Like whenever I'm disagreeing with him, he's like, you're just gay. You're just gay. I'm like, well, I'm like, look, Shipley's not the, he's not the brightest bulb in the box. Uh, he's definitely the fattest. But um, just just be careful about using that word. Like there's more, you, you can be more creative than that. 
in ways that may not come across as offensive to others. I'm like, ultimately, like there are words have different meanings. And like we let you guys cuss in the house as long as you understand what kind of what those words mean and not directing it at us in anger. That's when we start to have issues. But like the context matters with these things. Right. And mm-hmm. so then I asked about the I'm like, do you know what this the the word retarded means? And they said, and he didn't, but she did. And she told me, she's like, it's somebody who has special needs. But just like with the the word gay, I hear people use that, like kids saying that to other kids, like you're being that. Mm. And I'm like, wow. So at this lunch on Saturday, I bring this up because somebody had talked about a person getting in trouble on a work Zoom call. For, uh, for another job that they work where they had said something pertaining to you guys are on the, sh- you guys are, it's like you guys are all on the short bus right now. And he's like, that person got pulled off the meeting immediately and got reprimanded. And I'm like, yep, that's a, a pretty gutsy thing to try and say on a, a Zoom work call in corporate America. That's dumb. That's just asking to get in trouble. But that's when it sparked the conversation with this teacher about the words that she's hearing in class. And it includes both of those things. Where she's like, that is 100% made a comeback. And so on the one hand, it's like, wow, that's interesting because, you know, three years ago, I mean, kids would maybe get expelled for that. They would get detention or in-school suspension and possibly ex- expelled. But now it's just completely commonplace amongst, I mean, my kids are second and third grade, but like all across elementary school, apparently. Wow. So they're making a comeback. I mean, that's that's on parents, I guess, right? Like parents are the age now where they said it growing up so they still use it as uh, derogatory terms and the kids hear it maybe you may you may be right about that you may be and with like even though i will call myself retarded sometimes like i'm not using that word around them like i had a struggle with this the other day we can bring chip and zay on right now if we want to and really include them in this conversation but, um, <laughs> i don't know if they want to be included in this conversation <laughs> shaking his head i i uh the other a uh, few weeks ago my kids are in a uh, martial arts class and a few weeks ago there was a new kid in class and he is very clearly special needs but he's also got what we used to call, and I'm just going to use the um, just the single letter here, what we used to accurately call R strength. Like you knew what R strength was when you referred to that back in the day. And I want to warn them about that now, but I don't want to say R, I don't want to use the term, the, the full term for R strength. So like special needs strength, that doesn't do it because let's be honest. This, our special needs kids back in the, the 90s and early 2000s, much tougher than special needs kids in 2023. Most special needs kids in 2023 don't have that level of strength. But this kid that's in my uh, my children's mixed martial arts class does have that. But now I'm struggling to figure out how to properly explain that to them so that they can be careful. They can be cautious so one of them doesn't end up headbutted in the nose or with a broken arm or something because this kid doesn't know his own strength a la uh a la the uh the character in mice and men that just uh th- that just crushes the fucking mouse or bunny or whatever it was <laughs> just say the kid is strong right That's all i gotta yeah, say no 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 because it's not just strong it's it's whatever whatever our strength is whatever 
our strength has become in 2023. Even though those words are weirdly more accepted amongst our youth, I'm still not comfortable describing on that, even though it is the perfect explanation for what's going on there. Lenny, thank you, Jake. Lenny from Mice and Men crushing the bunny because he doesn't understand his own strength. I'll tell you what, your kids ever disagree with me, I'm going to call them gay. We'll see how that goes. They will probably be offended because that that word has a lot of value, I guess, in elementary school <laughs> right now. Oh, man. what I am glad, and Chip was on my side of the table on Saturday. I'm glad we were uh, opposite of all of these shenanigans that you guys were getting into over there. My goodness. It was the craziest conversation. It had to do with the overall education system right now. It was so much fun. Like it was my favorite part part of the uh, part of the luncheon, to be honest. Just having this conversation. You know, I have a certain craving to go watch Cuba Gooden Jr. in radio now. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. One of my best friends in college calls me radio. And at Ooh. first I thought it at first I thought it was because that's the line of work I got in, but I, I realized soon after that I saw the movie that that was that was not a very endearing name. I assume my friends call me Simple Jack because of uh, Jack Nicholson, you know? <laughs> oh, God. What's coming up today, fellas? How y'all doing? Oh, man. Tuesdays are action-packed. Chris Hummer, 130, talking portal, college football, Hank South. Horns 24-7, talking recruiting on signing day eve. And of course, the magnanimous, engaging, petty Zay Collier and the harried and hopeless Chip Brown. I like that. That's a good wrestling promo. Oh yeah, man. We got uh we got all kinds of wonderful dysfunction as we always do, you know. That's what we do. I love it. Zay is going to probably call out somebody. I might. <laughs> Who else will want it every day, you know? And wonderful. And I will say, now, Zay, I agree with you. Or, yeah. I'll hey, say, aren't you the same guy at one point wanted Blake Gideon fired? Ain't that you? See, see how you take and okay. just, you go, you go too far. <laughs> but I said I wanted Jordan Whittington benched. No, yeah, yeah, you said I don't that want too. Blake Gideon fired. I want his position to get better every week. I want his position to get better. Wow. That's all I ask. Sign of a well-coached team, week-to-week improvement. All right. I'm just making sure. Just... And listen, he's doing something right on the recruiting trail. He had the best day of his Longhorns recruiting life yesterday with commitments from Andrew Macaba. Now, of course... They got a sign on the dotted line. Andrew McCabe, Xavier Filsimi. Come on, man. Like exactly. Gideon. Yeah. He's, making, he's, he's giving you what you want for Christmas, Longhorns fans. There you go. Now he's got to give it to you on the field, January 1. All right. Uh, yeah, that's where the compliments stopped. All right. Can I, we'll can, I give, can I give one name of somebody that deserves to be called out by Zay today? 
fucking Drew Locke is still doing that secure the bag bullshit. I mean, the guy is a full-fledged adult now and apparently a starting NFL quarterback. And he still can't help himself with those fucking college hijinks. My gosh. Yo, you see Gino, man. They love it. They love him in the locker room. He's calling the football the pill. Like, I've never heard that to be described for a football. Basketball, yes. Football, Drew Locke's got some swag, man. I think there's a lot of laughing at him to go along with some laughing with him there. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because he's not that good. I mean, right. that was his, that was his best NFL game, wasn't it? Oh yeah. I mean Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, Tom Herman looked like he's tweaking his nipples on the sideline of a Texas Bowl win. Tom, Tom, Tom. Oh, is that PJ Locke? It yeah. Was, yeah. PJ Locke, Malik Jefferson. Malik Jefferson's still in the league. PJ Locke's still in the league. Yeah. PJ Locke with a much better like career so far than Malik Jefferson. Yeah, he's a, with the Broncos, correct? Yeah. Is Malik still with the Cowboys practice squad? I mean, he's been with like seven different teams. Mm. It's crazy. Um, what is his latest team? That was, that, was a, that was a great job by Texas there in developing. That's yeah, he's with the Cowboys. Mm. Or Cincinnati Bengals. Or <laughs> you go and there's or, 30 more. Or the Colts or the Chargers. Or man, he's made the rounds. Bengals, Browns, Chargers, Titans, Chargers again, Colts, Cowboys. Damn. Cowboys presently. Practice wow. squad. Yeah. How about being on the practice squad one, two, three, four, five, six years into your NFL career? Like, they're thinking he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Does he get that NFL pension if he stays on the practice squad that whole time, I wonder? Oh, yeah, he's got his NFL pension. Good for him. He's got that. He's earned it. Yep. Yep, he's seen the world. It's kind of like being in the Army. I mean, he's seen Tennessee, he's seen L.A., he's seen Cincinnati, he's seen Dallas. I mean, he's from... It's like it's like he's been in the Army or a Johnny Cash song, one of the two. <laughs> Woo! Malik, Malik. <laughs> We're rolling. Y'all have a great show. Appreciate y'all, great show.